Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to this week's Business and Technology Show. I'm Tom Lyons. We're starting uh, this week's show with one of the most amazing business stories ever. Uh, It's Sean Quinn, once Ireland's richest man, now a bankrupt, uh, allegedly with assets all over the world, constantly in the courts, suing the state. I mean, it's a story that does have everything. Uh, I'm joined in the studio by Colm Keena, public affairs correspondent with the Irish Times. Colm, Let's go back to this story. I mean, it's been really kicking off in the last couple of days. Can we go back to last Friday when you were down in the High Court and uh, there were various, various interesting things were said? Yeah, the, um, the, the liquidators for, for the Irish Bank Resolution Corporation went into the court to update uh, Judge Peter Kelly as to what had been happening over the last year and a half in relation to two informants. And uh, this was the first we or the courts had ever heard about these informants. And also it was, uh, as we understand it, the first that the Quins were going to get an opportunity to find out what was going on. And essentially what happened was Michael Staines, the well-known criminal solicitor, attacked, uh, not attacked, uh, approached a solicitor acting for the bank, for the IBRC last year, and said that two former clients of his said they could get information about the Quins hiding assets from the bank. The Quins have been obliged to declare all their assets to the bank and the bank doesn't believe they've done so. So the the bank investigated this, uh, considered the matter, and uh, then it was put into liquidation. So the liquidators took up this work and eventually decided to go with this, that the informants wanted money. So a deal was agreed that they'd get 3% of any money recovered as a result of information given. And the two informants, one lives in Ireland, one lives in Spain, one was charged with a criminal offence but wasn't uh, uh, convicted. The other apparently uh, uh, doesn't have any uh, dealings with criminal law. And they've no dealings with the Quins beforehand as far as the bankers could, could work it out. So they did the deal and the, the informants apparently have a third party source who obviously yeah. has access to uh, material relevant to the Quins. So they came forward with two items of information, one being the name of a banker in London who supposedly moved, bought 300 million euros worth of gold and I think in Dubai and also moved money, 200 million in cash to an account in the British Virgin Islands. That was the allegation. And the second was a few email names email addresses that the informants said were being used by the Quins and agents working for the Quins 
in order to control and manage the assets that they were hiding from the from the bank. So they went to the court in London. They said two things. Can we have court orders so that we can investigate whether these claims are true against the bank and against email uh, service yeah. companies? And secondly, can we have a gagging order so that nobody can be told what's happening? because we don't want the Queens to find out. Given the way they've been acting over the last three years, we don't think, uh, we think we should be given such a gagging order. And the judge in London agreed that given everything he'd heard and things have been said by the Dublin judges about the Queens, that um, it's probably they would try to interfere. So he did give the gagging order. They subsequently got a similar order in the United States in the court in Delaware. So they got information about this, uh, these alleged transactions involving the 500 million. Uh, essentially, they didn't stack up. And what did they like when they when they would they, they they went looking? I mean, presumably yes, they, they went, went to the to bank. Invest they went to the bank to and the to the banker, banker, and they wanted to see uh, evidence that this banker had been involved in any such transactions. And there was no evidence of this at all. And I think the bank accepts that this is uh, this is a false trail. The second was the email addresses, and they've they've received a lot of material from uh, from um, these service companies that show the traffic. In other words, they show, you know, Mr. A at, at X.com yeah. selling to Mr. Y, sending a message to Mr. Y at .com. They have all that. They don't have the content and they don't have the subject subjects yeah. for, the, for the email traffic. But what's interesting is well, one name is Nigel Smith at London.com and there, there are two or three other names. So the names that have been proffered by the informants have been in contact with lo- a whole range of e- individuals that we know were involved with the Queens in a previously disclosed and accepted effort to put assets belo- beyond uh, the bank's reach. This is a huge property portfolio. Uh, the Quins say they've lost control of that yeah. uh, operation now. And uh, But this email traffic continues up to February of this year. And for the last year and a half or more, the Quins have, been, have told the courts they've nothing to do with this um, this carry-on and that they're doing the damnedest to get the assets back. So, Colm, the, the informants, you know, like they seem to have had some, like on the substantive issue, I where is the money? They couldn't help, but they do seem to have had some information uh, which presumably only somebody somewhat on the inside would know, like the names of these email addresses, which we'd never heard of before, that type of stuff. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I mean, who knows? You know, there's so many wheels within wheels and double crosses within double crosses. And frankly, people telling lies in this episode, you know. So you, you, we, I assume everybody involved is treading very, very softly. But they expect to get... Um, the email content from Yahoo via the court in Delaware this week, the bank. And uh, presumably that content will help them come to a better view as to how good this information is. There was an interesting point made by the liquidators to the courts in London in that they, the two informants have nothing to gain unless their information produces money. You know, so they, they only get money if they if they produce money. But... That's not the, the bank can't say that about the third party source. So we don't know what the third party source, where that person is, how, how that person might or might not be able to get information about what that person knows and what that person's motives is. Yeah. I mean, the, the evidence of the Quinn family to the High Court and Supreme Court is that they put in place a scheme to, tr- to cheat the bank out of these uh, assets, 500 million worth of property portfolio, and that they were double crossed. Or as, as Judge and Supreme Court put it, they set out to double cross the bank, and they've been in turn double crossed 
uh, the IBRC doesn't believe them. But so it's very hard to know who's selling who's. Uh, and, and Colm, you know, I, I was looking back through the clippings there to see these the, the various places where the Quins allegedly have had held money. Uh, we've had Australia, New Zealand, Dubai, Pacific Islands, Singapore, Belize, Panama, the British Virgin Islands, Ireland, the UK, Eastern Europe, the Ukraine, mm. Russia. Cyprus, Spain uh, was more most recently at the weekend that was speculated in the Sunday Business Post. I mean, isn't the reality if you're trying to find this money that which the Quints deny that they have, but somebody clearly has it? I mean, the money has got certainly gone missing. Mm. Uh, that you know, it can constantly just be flicked around the world from one end to the to the other. And will the bank ever be able to catch up with it, or the well, bank's liquidator, I should say? I, I guess uh, we don't know the answer to that question, but certainly it's proving very, very tricky. It's trying to like trying to eat soup with a fork. But the problem for the Quins is they've been told to stop, and they've been told to declare their, all their assets collectively. They've declared less than one million, and if the bank or the liquidators discovers new information that shows, despite Sean Senior and Junior going to jail and Peter Dara Quinn being sentenced to jail, uh, that members of the family have persisted in the in this defiance of court orders, then I'm sure the, the, the courts will take a very, very severe view of it. Um, so that's one thing. The, the phraseology used by the uh, bank in its dealings with the courts now in relation to the Quins is fraudulent conspiracy. So they're accusing them of fraud uh, in the civil courts. But nevertheless, that's that's the sort of territory they're in. So there's two issues, whether they'll get any money back. But there's another issue as to what the consequences will be for them if it is discovered that, they've been, that the bank's suspicions are correct. And the Quinns, of course, strongly and strenuously, as they said in a statement uh, after those reports, deny all these claims. Uh, the second issue... Well, was could I just... just Put one caveat to that. Yeah. They, they came out with a very strong statement at the, at the weekend, which attacks the, the movement of the 300 million and the, 200, the 300 million purchase of gold and 200 saying it was complete rubbish and it was outrageous allegation in the first place and so on. But they're a bit silent on the old, on the email issue and um, they haven't really, you know, they didn't address that. And the, the 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 other issue column is this issue, uh, which was in the courts yesterday, which related to receivers. Uh, there's a receiver called Declan Tate has been appointed to basically oversee the Quinns' bank accounts to make sure that they're and oversees how, see how they're spending money uh, mm. to make sure that it's very limited and that they don't have huge assets. I mean, we heard some extraordinary things there. I mean, they're arguing over sixty-seven different transactions. Yeah. Uh, well. The, the, since the, the 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 conspiracy case led to the uh, contempt uh, findings, the courts were were uh, made orders against all the children to declare all their assets and then appointed receivers to to manage all their assets. And we got we've gotten quite a bit of information about money going into accounts and out of accounts and uh, a bank in Moscow where there were, you know, enormous amounts of money being taken out of ATMs and so on. And the thing is, you very, very complicated with a lot of uh, bank accounts and a lot of money sloshing around the place. And a part that's part of the reason why the IBRC finds it hard to believe that their total assets of all the five children put together are, are less than one million. I might also say that in the in the uh, affidavit to the courts in England, the liquidator Kieran Wallace said that they'd done an, an examination of the Queen Group accounts, 
and saw 183 million uh, leaving the group accounts to go to entities controlled by the children, but not arriving in those entities, and that 183 not being, uh, not, they not, they're not being able to locate it. Um, the other point he made was that 50 million has been pay, paid out in rent, 50 million dollars has been paid out in rent uh, over one and a half years, and nobody knows what's happened to that money. So there's so all this amounts of money just sloshing around there. It is quite extraordinary, and we have the receivers saying that the you know that in relation to the the Quinn's individual transactions, which are relatively peanuts, you know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands, maybe three quarters of a million at one point. Uh, but they're saying that, that their explanations are not credible, and they're also saying that they want the Quinn's to put like the judge uh, the, the, told them that they want that he wants the Quinn's to to put everything down on an affidavit so that he can hold them that this is that they're telling the truth. And if and it does seem extraordinary, Column, that uh, that it's come to this that you know that the, the the family seem to be you know constantly denying absolutely everything, uh, mm. and yet we've got the state you know throwing like some very like there's some very serious claims being made here. Yes, yes, and and also we have uh, the Quinn family's uh, legal defence being paid for by a trust that's uh, apparently getting money from people whose names we don't know. Uh, and so the, the 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 this and this is all a year and a half or more is it now since people were sent to jail for contempt and so on. You would have thought at this stage the the Quins would be doing their utmost to 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 clarify everything they can and to be as uh, transparent and upfront as they as they can be. But I think it all reflects the attitude that Sean Quinn has and the family have, or most members of families anyhow, that that they were hard done by. And they they uh, are very annoyed, as far as I can make out, at the media's uh, uh, emphasis on on what they might have been up to. You know, why aren't you? Why aren't we, the media, pointing our fingers at Anglo Irish Bank who stole uh, the Quinn Group off them and and ruined the good business business and so on? And that seems that grievance, I think, is the explanation for the attitude of the Quins. And when you look, Colm, you know, if we go back a couple of weeks now to a previous story you were writing, which is about the number of attacks that have been against uh, the former Quinn group now called Aventus, uh, like where do you see those attacks fitting in within that context? Is that grievances among people in the area or? or well, it's obviously a very murky area and, and uh, I don't know if anybody in the media or in the bank or even Aventus knows exactly what's motivating these people who are making these attacks. However, they do seem to be, they, they were timed with two events. First being the takeover of the of the group from the Quinn, Quinn family. And then secondly, there was a resurgence in, resurgence in these events when um, some elements of the Quinn group, when there was consideration of some elements of the Quinn group would be sold off. And um, so there's... There is a number of parties out there that want the Quinn Group to be sold to local interests. Uh, there are, you know, there's a lot of people of the view that it shouldn't be broken up, and so on. And these these attacks seem to be whoever is involved in them. Uh, they seem to be taking, you know, trying to pursue that agenda as well. Not not saying that you know A is directing B, but they do seem to be w- working to the similar agendas. Uh, um, I'm not saying one is, you know, one one element knows 
who's carrying out these attacks or not. But there's a, there's a similarity of agenda there. Keep the group uni- in one unit. Don't don't break off bits of it and sell it, sell it even if there is a business uh, reason why that would be a good thing to do. And um, that the fact that we can you know make statements like that and discuss topics like that is really grim uh, territory for Irish business to be wandering into. You know that um, that these sort of criminal uh, attacks are you know, affecting an asset value while somebody else is trying to trying to buy that asset, affecting the asset value when um, when there's a possibility of sell, selling off some of the asset, uh, scaring away other potential investors. So that's you know that's a really you know that's more the kind of stuff you'd associate with uh, with you know Ukraine than than Ireland really you know. And again, we, we've had Sean Quinn say that you know that he doesn't condone these attacks and that he's certainly not encouraging them in any way. But nonetheless, I mean, when you see in the, the context of everything that's going on, the context of what we're hearing down in the courts, the context of these extraordinary allegations being constantly made against the family, I mean, do you think that there is in any way, like his reputation, has it been permanently damaged or do you think that he will ever be able to recover? Well, I don't think I don't think he's you know he's going to go back into mainstream a uh, business in Ireland. Uh, I find it that would be extraordinary. I mean, he might have some sort of local roles. Uh, I found when I went up to to, to Cavan um, that um, people didn't feel like speaking um, speaking clearly about their views. People were there was a lot of rumours going around or completely ridiculous but people seem to give giving them some currency so there was a strange atmosphere up there I thought and uh, whereas most people in Ireland I think this think that the Quins have acted dishonorably which is how the judge put it in the courts or uh, far from honorably um locally the it's 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 complicated by this these feelings of loyalty towards a man who uh, created all this employment and created all this wealth in the area however I, I think that there must be a lot of people up and up locally as well who are also pretty appalled at what's going on. Well, rumours, murkiness, loyalty, millions, potentially hundreds of millions floating around the place. I mean, it's just an extraordinary uh, story. Uh, thanks for coming on the programme to talk about it, Colin. And that's it for this week's Business and Technology Show. I'm Tom Lyons. Uh, the show was produced by Sinead O'Shea and sound engineer was JJ Vernon. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com